Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brand. Thanks for joining me. Today is the last week I will talk about my giveaway. I just added two pair of Dave Asprey's Biohacked Companies glasses. You've probably seen Dave Asprey in his YouTube videos or his other pictures where he's wearing these glasses that look much better than the typical blue blockers. And then he's got these red ones that are very, very cool. Those are, what, $130 a pop? And I just put those into the giveaway box. If you review my show on iTunes, make sure you're subscribed first. You got to hit the subscribe button on my podcast. And then you hit write a review, write me a review, give me the stars you think the show deserves. You will be entered into the giveaway. I will be announcing the winner next week. I've already gotten so many reviews. I really appreciate your all's feedback. It's my oxygen. Your comments and feedback are definitely my oxygen for the podcast. So really appreciate you. I'm going to pick one lucky winner next week to get a gigantic box shipped to their house. You'll get those glasses and bone broth and Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee and Primal Kitchen Bars and Primal Kitchen Sauces and tons of great new books about ketogenic approaches, Chris Kresser's book, and more and more and more. So go review the show. It's free. (laughs) It just takes you a couple minutes. Make sure you do it. Now, let me quickly tell you about our sponsor, Atron Teal, Dr. Ken Brown and the team who make a natural antimicrobial formula, which includes K-Bracho extract and peppermint, a few other nutrients in there. It's designed to help people with gas, bloating, constipation, irregular bowels, etc. Most people, I would say literally nine out of every 10 people I've tested. Now, you may say I'm biased because I'm working with people that are seeking out my help and services, but nine out of every 10 people show up with some type of issue in the gut, whether it's parasites, bacterial infections, yeast overgrowth, etc. And this formula can be a good adjunct therapy to some of the stuff that you and I may be doing together with your gut, or you may try to use this in isolation and just see how that helps, see if it's a needle mover for you. I've gotten some great feedback and emails from you guys already asking me or telling me about your experience with the formula. So love having the open conversation about our sponsors. You know, it's not something I want you to just hear and and that's it. You know, I, I invest so much time into researching and making sure I pick sponsors that actually align with my philosophies. I've turned down many, many, many sponsorship opportunities because they didn't vibe with the show or vibe with me and my beliefs and my practice. So check them out. You can get 10% off that Atron Teal formula. Who knows? Maybe even more because it's Black Friday. But check out the link, lovemytummy.com slash Evan, and you can get that discount by entering Evan at checkout. All right, let's get into the show my buddy, Dr. J. We're chatting about fibromyalgia. Very, very, very important show for you to listen to, even if you don't have this condition. So many people get diagnosed, and hardly anybody's talking about the root causes that are at play here. There's a link between mitochondrial health, gut health, brain health, infections, adrenals. This is all tied in. Fibromyalgia is one of those kind of made-up diagnoses, just like depression is. So more on that right now. Let's do it. Enjoy. If you want to reach out, schedule a call. Go to my site, evanbrand.com. Love to help you. Here we go. It's Dr. J here in the house. Evan, how are we doing today? Happy Monday. Hey, man. Happy Monday to you. Life is good. Excellent. Yeah, we had a little technical difficulty here, but we are rolling. The show must go on. <laughs> so any updates for me here that you want to bring to my attention before we dig in and get dirty? Well, I'm just excited. I'm excited to talk with you about fibromyalgia. This is one of those things in that category like IBS where the conventional docs just mm-hmm. give people this diagnosis and then they just end up with drugs in their pockets and they don't have any real success. And people struggle for years and years and years. They end up with these other symptoms that come along with fibromyalgia 
like anxiety or depression or IBS. And once again, conventional docs, they just don't really have a high success rate with this issue. 100% agree. And fibromyalgia is one of these interesting types of diagnoses. Basically, you have to have uh, central allodynia pain, which is kind of like this uh, pain that may be through like 11 different random spots of the body. So they'll look for these different pain and tender spots, shoulders, chest, hips, back. And they're looking for like at least 11 out of these 17 or so spots. And if you have it, great. You have fibromyalgia, right? Because basically when they say central allodynia, that means your nervous system is so hypersensitive that it's detecting, you know, you rubbing like this or you rubbing, you know, just things that shouldn't cause pain. It's sensing that as pain. And that's the biggest issue because the nervous system is so upregulated. It's like having an antenna that's so hypersensitive that it's picking up stations um, that it shouldn't be picking up. And it's the same kind of thing. Your nervous system is an antenna that's picking up all these nociception or pain sensation where it shouldn't be. So we want to get to the root cause of why that is. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a conventional drug that a lot of people end up on, the Lyrica, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've heard of. You've probably seen commercials for it. And I've had people taking that, and they just don't notice much. And then sometimes the side effects, maybe not with that drug, but any of the drugs, can be worse than the actual thing that you're trying to fix into the first place. So that's just – it's scary because – when you want to get a root cause answer, you're, you're not going to get it unless you start running some of these functional medicine testing that we're talking about. So I just have a list of symptoms I wanted to read that could come along with the fibromyalgia. So that could be anxiety, that could be concentration and memory problems, depression, fatigue, headaches, irritable bowel syndrome. Now, that sounds like a lot of other things that we need to talk about. Exactly. And here's the thing, right? A lot of people may have gluten sensitivity or hypothyroidism or heavy metal issues or gut microbial imbalances. The issue is that some people may manifest with Hashimoto's. Some may manifest with fibromyalgia symptoms where they have a lot of this central allodynia pain. So it's just interesting because some people... They can have the exact same core underlying issue, but have a totally different diagnosis. And all a diagnosis is is a constellation of symptoms that are typically put into one category, right? The the chronic pain symptoms, that's going to be in the fibromyalgia category. Memory symptoms, that's going to be in the dementia category. Fatigue symptoms, that could be in the thyroid or adrenal category. Gut issues, depending on where that inflammation is located, that could be in the Crohn's or the ulcerative colitis, or if there's no inflammation in the tissues that could be in the IBS category like you. So this is where it's tough because all conventional medicine is is trying to categorize known symptoms into categories called the disease. We are trying to trace it upstream. And the hard part about functional medicine is certain people can have the exact same imbalances and manifest with totally separate diseases. That's the hardest part people to wrap their heads around. Yep. Let's go into the viruses. My wife, when she had joint pain several years ago, you said, Evan, the first thing you need to look into is going to be some of the viruses. And so we got a blood test run on her. She did not show up with Lyme, fortunately, but she did show up with the cytomegalovirus and then also the mycoplasma. So can you speak about those a bit and how that could be causing joint pain that could get misdiagnosed? 100%. So there are certain infections like mycoplasma is one of them that can manifest in the joint tissue for sure. So that's one of those conditions that an infection can really be driving a lot of that joint pain. And we know certain infections and certain imbalances can manifest with certain symptoms. 
Like we know that hypothyroid issues, low thyroid function can manifest having low thyroid hormone in joint pain. But we also know like infections like mycoplasma can also cause or call lower thyroid function and then potentially manifest in joint pain. We also know it could potentially manifest in the joints and you know certain antibiotics like minocycline help knock it out. We prefer to use some of the herbs because they tend to be safer on the gut microbiome in the long run, number one. And then with your wife's symptoms, we noticed that, you know, she already had a pretty good diet and I think there was a tick bite involved in your wife's last issues. Is that correct? That's right. And so because of that, you know, we were leaning towards, hey, let's just go after the infection and and see what happens. And when we knocked out the infection, everything got a lot better. So that was good to see that. Yeah, it was so it was so easy too. So simple. Just modify the immune system. All of a sudden, things are better. So if you have fibromyalgia or you have joint pain in general, pain stiffness, you got to make sure you roll those in. So go to your uh, go to your doc, or if you've got a naturopath or functional medicine practitioner, that's even better. Try to get them to test you for the Lyme plus the co-infection. So because like I said, she had a negative result for Lyme, but she was positive for these other things, cytomegla and the mycoplasma. So you got to look for them. So again, any issue, any like disease issue. So like if you're someone and we're focusing on fibromyalgia today because that's got a certain bit of symptoms that manifest in pain. So if you resonate with that, great. This is going to help you. If you don't resonate with fibromyalgia symptoms, but you have something else, this podcast is still going to be helpful because we always trace it back to the underlying imbalances, which can manifest itself in different symptoms. But One thing that's going to be uniform across the board is looking at the gut. The gut's really important because that's where a lot of your immune system is, 70 to 80%. That's where your body digests and breaks down nutrients. That's where um, your essentially you digest and break down all the food you're eating. So if we have a bottleneck in the breakdown of our nutrition, we have a bottleneck in how our immune system functions. If we have a leaky gut and your immune system is being overreactive, or if we have an infection there, that can create a lot of underlying stress that may manifest itself in different symptoms. And again, kind of linking it back to fibromyalgia, if you have these chronic pain issues, those 11 kind of places of central allodynia pain to touch, right? You're diagnosed with 11 places of pain on your body at least, and you have the fibromyalgia the diagnosis, then we definitely have to rule out the gut. And again, here's the thing that really throws people for a loop is that you can have gut issues and not have gut symptoms. That's the real hard thing. You may not have the bloating, the gas, the diarrhea, the constipation, the acid reflux, and you may still have a gut issue. Mm-hmm. H. pylori, we see it every week in the clinic. So if you've got H. pylori, you've got that bacterial infection, that's suppressing hydrochloric acid production. Therefore, you're not digesting your food. So if you're seeing floating stools or you're seeing undigested food particles in your stools, that could all be adding up to this whole picture of the depression, anxiety, the fatigue, maybe even skin issues too. So maybe you don't have the fibromyalgia diagnoses, but you've got fatigue, depression, anxiety, maybe some sleep problems, maybe some skin issues. That could all be tied into leaky gut, that intestinal permeability. could be something as simple as H. pylori, or like Justin mentioned, it could be H. pylori plus mycoplasma, plus maybe some bacterial overgrowth, like a SIBO case, or plus parasites, which is something we often talk about, plus fungus. You know, typically it's not just one thing. Most of the time, by the time people get to us, they've been suffering for quite a long time, and therefore there's usually a handful of things that we've got to address. Now, the thyroid is the pain going away, just a side effect of you fixing your thyroid, like all of a sudden thyroid function improves and the pain just goes away. Could it be that simple if that were your biggest root cause? 
100%. So you can see it quite frequently that just getting someone on some T3, some thyroid hormone, can really help because they may be on thyroid hormone, T4, but they're not able to convert it and activate it. So their TSH, right, the pituitary hormone that most conventional docs measure to look at thyroid function may look nice and pretty, but they're not making that conversion from T4 to T3. So their T3 levels may be low. And if you come in there with some activated T3, you may start to put some of their thyroid symptoms in remission. Now we have to understand from a functional medicine perspective, what's palliative and what's root cause. So we have to make sure we actually fix the underlying conversion issues, if it's nutrient or if it's inflammation, if it's gut, if it's immune. And we also have to fix the underlying nutrient absorption issues, the infections, the autoimmunity, right? Whatever those issues are. So we kind of understand that there's certain natural medicine things we can do that are palliative, which are great. And there are certain things like I think you mentioned earlier about um, your child has a little bit of eczema and, you know, putting a little bit of coconut oil on there helps, but you recognize that that's palliative, not root cause. So we try to get to the underlying foods that may be causing it. Same thing in this analogy with thyroid and thyroid, low thyroid hormone can express itself in about 70 different symptoms, hair loss, fatigue, um, brain fog, anxiety, right? All these different symptoms. Also, the pain symptom is one of them. Yep, well said. And if it's Hashimoto's, if it's an autoimmune thyroid condition, that T3 could help symptoms improve. In this case, you could get more energy, could help reduce pain. But if you haven't stopped that autoimmune attack by addressing infections, supporting the adrenal glands, making sure the diet's dialed in, and you don't have any foods that are creating antibodies against the thyroid, you know, those are some of the big three needle movers you got to have on board to fix this thing at the root and not just be stuck on T4 or T3 or combination for the rest of your life. 100%. So we also know that adrenal issues, adrenal imbalance is not necessarily adrenal fatigue. Of course, you know, most people in the conventional medical world will hear adrenal fatigue and think adrenal failure like Addison's disease, okay, which is valid. But we also know that there can be imbalances in cortisol that may not be a full disease failure kind of situation. It may be just lower adrenal cortisol issues, lower DHEA because of HPA access dysfunction. And if that's the case, we want to make sure we support that because adrenals, your adrenal glands produce cortisol, which is your natural anti-inflammatory hormone. And again, people that have chronic pain issues, a lot of times that we put on like COX-2 inhibitors, things like that, severe pain, of course, opiates and Oxycontin, which is a, another big issue in itself, but also prednisone and corticosteroid drugs that basically have the ability to knock down inflammation. The problem is, why aren't your own glands working enough to cover up that inflammation too? So if we get the adrenals working better, we can kind of make some of our own homemade prednisone or our own, our own homemade corticosteroids to help cut that inflammation down. So talk about what happens. Let's say somebody is on these steroids long-term that's also going to affect the adrenals as we've seen on some lab results. Yeah, it will throw off some of the feedback loop, so it will disrupt the HPA axis. That's the brain talking to the adrenals. That's that nice feedback loop or that kind of internal thermostat that our body has. So we do have that there that we have to work on because that can affect that thermostat. Um, number two, it can really throw off your blood sugar. So taking a lot of synthetic steroids, like when we create protocols for our patients, we may use small amounts of precursor hormones like pregnenolone or DHEA. These aren't going to throw things off in the same way that a drug would because these drugs are very, very powerful. They can mess up the feedback loops, 
But if you're using a corticosteroid, it can really mess up your blood sugar. And in the long run, can even create osteoporotic situations. It can really thin out the bones. It can really weaken the gut lining because these steroids break things down, right? They're, they're anti-inflammatory, but they're also very catabolic. So it's great in the short run, right, while we get back on track, but not good in the long run because it can really mess up our glandular physiology, how, that, how our hormonal systems work and the feedback loops that kind of keep them connected. I think it's worth mentioning heavy metals too. I don't think it's going to be necessarily the number one cause for most people, but we notice that if there is a gut issue, let's say somebody does have these gut bugs, they could have a detox problems too, just because their body, their liver is just so overburdened. Let's talk about metals a bit. So it could be just amalgam fillings, or it could be occupational exposure, or could be too much of a lower quality or too big of a fish, like a tuna that's causing issues. Let's talk about that for a minute. Oh, 100%. So we can definitely have toxicity issues like mercury, which can be very inflammatory. Mercury also is similar to the halide group, so it can fit into the receptor site where iodine would typically bind in. Uh, fluoride and bromine can also pinch hit there as well. So that can create a lot of issues regarding that. Mercury can also jam up the mitochondria. I mean, feel free and go into PubMed and just type in mercury and mitochondrial function, and you'll see increase in heavy metals can decrease mitochondrial function. And again, as, as glycolysis happens and our Krebs cycle turns and we have beta oxidation on the flip side, we generate about 36 ATPs per pump, and those ATPs work as kind of the cellular currency for energy, right? It's how our body kind of, you know, creates energy and, you know, has aerobic metabolism to create ATP, which is how our body functions. And, and that's kind of the byproduct of having a healthy metabolism. But if we go in there and all these gears are moving, spitting out all these ATP, which is basically cellular energy, and we mess that up and we throw kind of a, a, a monkey wrench into the gearbox, that's going to prevent optimal ATP function, which is going to throw off our energy and our body ability, our body's ability to function, right? Lower energy is going to create symptoms. Anytime you have lower energy, you tend to start having brain fog issues, mood issues, fatigue issues, pain issues, sleep issues, because energy is the byproduct of a healthy metabolism. So when energy goes, metabolism is going down. And when that starts to go, other symptoms tend to manifest as well. Yeah, I've got to say two things. One is glyphosate. If you're not 100% organic, make your goal to be 100% organic as close as you possibly can. I love that people are honest. I had a, a guy who on his intake form, I asked a question, what percent of your diet is organic? He said 0%. I'm like, man, you're getting exposed to glyphosate. We can measure it. We can prove it on a piece of paper. But just know if something's not labeled organic, especially your fruits and veggies, assume it's contaminated with glyphosate. Just like Justin mentioned about mercury, antibiotics, glyphosate, those are all mitochondrial killers. And so there's nothing worse that you could possibly do than have glyphosate in your system. Now, fortunately, you can detox it by using a sauna. There's other methods that we talked about, but just make it a goal. Throw out the, you know, go donate or throw out the non-organic stuff, swap it out, pay the extra buck, pay the extra two bucks. It's going to be much, much more valuable in the long term and much cheaper in the long term because you're going to prevent yourself from having the health issues associated with glyphosate toxicity. 100%, 100%. I had a conversation with someone recently that said, hey, you know, you realize organic food doesn't have any more nutrients than conventional food. And I said back to them, well, it depends. I mean, there are some studies that do say 
organic food does have more nutrients. I mean, there's some people that, that say that there's some studies by Temple University that shows a much higher level in nutrition with organic food than conventional food. I just think it depends on what kind of organic we're talking about because factory farm, you know, big corporations have started labeling things organic. And again, are they going to have the same high level as a local farm regarding fertilization, you know, rotating the crops. I mean, if you just have an organic farm without pesticides, but you just continue to hit that crop season after season and don't let it rest and don't switch spots and don't, you know, add synergy to the land, right? Some synergy is like, for instance, when the cows pass on their, basically have their manure and their bowel movements, you bring in the chickens afterwards to kind of help uh, knock out all the grubs, right, which prevents other animals from coming in. So you can add a synergy to the land that helps, number one, increase um, fertility to the soil, right, increases that topsoil. But number two, it helps other pests and creatures from growing, which can create havoc down the line. So in other words, um, some people can really hit that soil hard and decrease the nutrient density so the organic food has less nutrients anyway. But anyway, so like let's just pretend this person's right. They told me organic food has the same nutrition as conventional food. All right, fine. We do know that research is quite conclusive that organic food has less pesticide residue. Of course, because to be organic, it can't have pesticides on it. So just the fact that, let's say nutrients density is the same from organic food, well, I'm definitely not getting the pesticide exposure, which Evan mentioned earlier with glyphosate or Roundup is so important because there's so many studies on that coming out that it's very toxic on the body, on the liver, on the gut, and essentially many other places. Yeah, the European Union, they're successfully banning it. I've been trying to keep up with this as much as I can. It looks like glyphosate is seeing the end of the rope in the European Union. I hope something is to follow in the U.S., but I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon here. I agree. One other thing I wanted to mention is on the CDC's website about fibromyalgia, they say that much, much, much higher rates of ankylosing spondylitis occur with fibromyalgia. And Justin and I mentioned this on many podcasts. That's an autoimmune condition. And so it sounds like what they're saying without saying it because maybe they're not noticing the link is that this whole thing is likely just an autoimmune issue. The IBS, like you mentioned, the Crohn's or the colitis, the Hashimoto's, like this could all just be autoimmunity at the root. And we've just got to go through all of our causes and fix the autoimmune issue. And then all of a sudden you can reverse these symptoms. 100%. And again, there's like over 180 autoimmune conditions. So my analogy is anytime you have a physical, chemical, or emotional stressor, you know, imagine having this fancy pearl necklace. Every time you pull it tight, that's a physical, chemical, or emotional stressor in your life. And just let's say every little spot where that pearl connects to the necklace, they're not all the same strength. There may be some parts of that chain that are a little bit weaker. Think of that as genetic predisposition at work. You're gonna have certain genetic links in the chain that are gonna be a little bit weaker. Now, what does that mean to you? As that stress comes on there, that part of the chain may be more likely to break than another part. Let's say Pearl 33 is more likely to break than Pearl three or pearl four, right? Now, pearl 33 may be ankylosing spondylitis and that stressor may be Roundup or it could be Hashimoto's or let's say pearl four is Hashimoto's for someone else, right? So think of every little link in that chain as a different disease that could manifest if that link is broken. And where that link is for you is gonna be based on your genetic predisposition. What we have control over is just not pulling that damn chain tight. Let it go, let it relax, right? How do we do that? All of the diet and lifestyle things, just cutting the roundout up, eating organic, 
That pulls the stress off of getting good sleep, having good thoughts, fixing your gut, fixing infections, making sure you can digest and break down all that really good food that you're eating. Uh, get your hormones under control if there's imbalances there. Does that make sense, Evan? Oh, it sure does. I mean, it's just like you picture a big wall. Think of like a submarine. You've got a thousand switches and all these red switches are flipped on. We're just going to go down the list and just, just flip all those red switches off. And then all of a sudden you turn off. You, you've not pulled the trigger. You've got the loaded gun, but we're just going to decide not to pull the trigger. People think that like genetic testing is the end all be all. And oh my gosh, I'm genetically predisposed to X. It's like, that doesn't change the protocol at all. That just means you need to be even more diligent. If your family had a history of this condition or other conditions, you just have to be more diligent. That doesn't mean you're toast. That doesn't mean you're definitely going to get XYZ disease or condition. That just means you've got to pay attention and you've mm -hmm. got to make sure you've got all the pieces going in your favor. Yeah. And I pretty much work with the genetic stuff. I don't get so hyper fixated on it. I just assume the worst for everyone. And that way we're making the changes with hydration, with sleep, with water, with toxicity, with gut. We're not gonna give synthetic folic acid. We're gonna give super high quality methylated B vitamins. We're just making that assumption for everyone because I can't be hurt by making that assumption in, in that direction. If I make it the opposite direction and say, hey, it's okay, you probably don't have a, a folate issue. I'm gonna save some money and put some crappy synthetic folic acid in, in my multivitamin instead of high quality activated folate. Then I can go wrong, right? I may save a little bit of money, but because we're interfacing with our patients daily and weekly, we know that we're better off rolling the dice in favor of there being an issue with that. So we always have the higher quality nutrients in there to cover our butts. Yeah, and I had a, a woman who emailed me this morning. She said, Evan, I had a reaction to gluten. Do you think it's time that I go get tested for celiac? And I told her it's better, cheaper, and likely safer just to assume that you've got a massive allergy to gluten and you just need to stay away because really going through the gastroenterology process where they make you eat, what is it, two slices of bread for like a week or two, and then they cut out a piece of your intestine to try to see if all those cilia were destroyed or flattened. And then a lot of times there's even false negatives there. So you could do all that work, destroy your body, create inflammation, and then say, oh, it says negative. It's like, just stay away and be more diligent. Don't tell people that it's a preference. Just tell it, tell people at a restaurant to gluten allergy, make sure they change their gloves and you're going to be much safer as opposed to waiting for that diagnosis. So that's kind of my message is if you have these symptoms, maybe you've not been officially diagnosed with fibromyalgia, but you've got these symptoms, you've got the pain and the sleep and fatigue, just go ahead and think, okay, maybe I've got X, Y, Z, but now I've just got to start working on all these big pieces we talked about. 100%. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And someone's chiming in here on the YouTube live here chats saying that um, their local farmer told them that certified organic allows them to spray toxic pesticides two times a year. Not sure what kind of certification that is. Typically, the USDA certification is pretty good. The field has to be, the, the, the land has to be for three years without pesticides to even get that certification. So I'm not sure if we're talking about the same USDA certification, number one. And a lot of farmers, they'll use other compounds that tend to be a little less toxic to help with spraying. So like, for instance, we have our property done and we tend to use probiotic spray and we tend to use essential oils. And again, there may be chemicals in there, of course, but they may be harmonious and have less toxic burden. I'm, I'm more worried about the toxicity of the pesticides. And let's say you bought an organic food that was, you know, in one of these farms that was sprayed twice a year. Well, isn't that going to be better than a farm that's sprayed weekly? 
Right. So, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm kind of like good, better, best. Heck, if I'm going to cheat or if I have a, a choice option between something that was sprayed weekly versus twice a year, I'm still going to go with twice a year because that toxicity burden is going to be good. Also, we can just utilize the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. Great. If we're going to buy a food that's conventional or somewhat conventional with pesticides, let's look at the clean 15 and see the foods that have less pesticide residue and avoid the dirty dozen and or just get a really good um, vegetable or fruit wash that you can wash off some of the external pesticides at least. Yeah. And some of the regulations under the USDA, there's a difference between 100% organic and just certified organic. So obviously the best thing to do is just contact a local farmer, which is what I do. I buy some bison meat and other products locally, and I know that they don't ever use chemicals ever. And if they do have to use chemicals, they'll tell you and they'll say why, what happened, how much, what did they actually use? So if you just look up local harvest and go look up, type in your zip code, your location, go find some local people and just talk with them. That way you don't have to guess anymore whether something's actually legit from the grocery store. I still go to the grocery, but I try to source other things outside where I can shake the person's hand. It's just a lot more valuable experience that way. Yeah, and again, we just have to do your best, right? Sometimes we don't have the best options, you know, when we're traveling, when we're going out to eat. But if we can control the 80 to 90% when we're home and we're in our house and the foods that we choose in our area, that's going to be the most important thing. Also, when you're healthy, you get a little bit more wiggle room. When you're chronically sick, you don't. So if you're chronically sick, then you really got to be careful and make the, the best decision possible. And um, if you're not, then 10 to 20%, I'm totally okay with. And if you're going to get exposed to things, activated charcoal is a great option. Um, taking some extra detox support may be helpful too. So all that's really good if you know you're going to be getting exposed to some not so good things. Yeah, taking your enzymes too, taking your acids, your enzymes. You and I both use enzymes that are going to contain special ones that help. So if you do get exposed to gluten, that can help reduce the flare-up. If you are sensitive, you are reacting to it. Exactly. And then James here talks about um, his fatigue still lingers daily, can't shake it, thyroid tested good with me. Um, Modafinil works great and gets me through the day. Yeah, Modafinil or ProVigil, Asprey is a big fan of it. Not a huge fan long-term. I mean, I think it's not fixing any of the underlying issues. So the diet helps. I mean, I would look more at the adrenals. I'd look more at the mitochondria. I forget your specific case, James. I know you were doing good for a while. So if you had a backward slide recently, we'd want to chat and figure out what underlying stressors have creeped up or make sure the infections are gone or make sure the mitochondria are functioning as optimally as possible. So I'd want to look a little bit deeper. I'm fine though using modafinil or provigil punctuated timeframes, you know, a work deadline comes up, major stressors, you know, you have to do some extra stuff on the weekend with your family or work stuff, then fine, you know, take that to really upregulate your body. But just keep in mind, there's something deeper we got to look at. And just, you know, things like sleep and things like hydration. I mean, people forget those all the time. Yep, very simple. But sometimes the most simple stuff moves the needle. Yeah. And then Daniel talks about here, uh, talks about what can cause jelly-like lumps in the semen, sometimes painful to pass. Well, first off, I would do like a urine analysis first just to make sure there's nothing, no UTI or um, no nothing that's kidney or bladder-based. Make sure there's no infections in the piping, so to speak. Uh, again, 
I would also rule out epididymitis, make sure there's no infections in the epididymis. There could be a bacterial issue that's just causing these uh, the semen to kind of glutinate or stick together. I'd also even just run a sperm analysis just to make sure this, the semen are actually alive and it's just not a whole bunch of dead semen uh, in there as well. So I would look there first. I mean, if the diet's good, if everything else is good, I would just make sure any type of infections in that urinary area are also clear too. E. coli, those cool. kind of things. Awesome. Well, we got to wrap up. Both of us got to get back to our calls, but we hope you guys enjoy this show and leave us questions. You can leave us questions in the future. So if you didn't catch this live, go to Justin's YouTube channel, go on this video, write in your questions. We'll try to answer as many as we can, or we'll save those for a future show. And then same thing for topics. If you have topics that you want us to address, please put them on there. And if you need to reach out for a consult, check out Justin's site. It's Justin Health. Dot com. You can schedule a consult. If you want to schedule a consult with me, check out my site, evanbrand.com, and we are happy and willing to help you. So please reach out if you're suffering around the world. Phone and Skype consults make it easy for us to help. Awesome. And Russ, yeah, Mastigum is great for H. pylori. We have that in the GI Clear 2 product. So love that for H. pylori. Awesome show today, Evan. Great as always. Appreciate your energy and your insights. And let's chat real soon. Likewise, man. Take care. Take care. Bye now. See ya. All right. As always, I hope you enjoyed that. I was reading through some of your all's reviews. I love this one here. And it was by uh, some Tribi, Tribi La in Canada. And they put, I noticed a lot of paleo or health podcasts are super upbeat and almost obnoxious. I agree a thousand percent, by the way. This one is not very chill and easy to listen. Lots of good information and the ads are not super repetitive and annoying. Overall, a refreshing full spectrum view of all things health and paleo. That was great. I saw another one here that I really enjoyed reading from EAG Pack in the U.S., saying, uh, Evan's knowledgeable and up-to-date as a conventional medical practitioner for over 20 years. I find his approach to functional medicine to be strategic, detailed, and looking to the root cause to practice preventive, preventive medical techniques to heal the whole body and mind. Definitely worth the investment in time to listen to and learn. That's awesome. I appreciate it. I've got some great reviews from other countries too. Australia, looks like Singapore, looks like uh, Italy. We've got a couple of reviews. Uh, Norway, so that's cool. That's great. I'm glad that you guys are listening around the world. The show keeps growing. I actually just up uh, upgraded and switched over my podcast host because you guys have just been rocking the download so much that my my previous host just couldn't handle it anymore. So you guys broke the internet by listening to this podcast. So thank you for that. Definitely honored to be able to reach so many people each week. Uh, if you want to reach out to me or Megan, my nutritional therapist on staff. She's the one who does those 15-minute intro calls now. She'll help you to understand my approach and if functional medicine is right for you, 99.99999% of the time, the answer is duh, of course it is. And so we just like to offer that so that we can chat with you and kind of figure out what's going on with you, make sure you're a good fit for care. You could do that back at my site, evanbrand.com. If you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, you're missing out. I've been doing two to five videos per week that I've been putting up on my YouTube channel. So if you guys want to see my face, you want to see me interact with you on the whiteboard, I keep them very short and sweet. So this podcast is what, 30 minutes? My average YouTube videos, five minutes or less. And I just put up a video about low serotonin. If you have too high serotonin, that's a problem too. It's a really a Goldilocks neurotransmitter. So make sure you go to YouTube, type in Evan Brand. Make sure you're subscribed for the channel because I'm putting some really, really awesome, probably some of my best content on YouTube these days.
All right. I think that's it. I'll talk with you soon, okay? Take care. Enjoy your holidays. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.